When a patient has a serious or terminal condition, an additional layer of care can come into action. Patients, for example, with heart failure, end-stage lung disease, kidney disease, even in patients who have experienced brain injury or neurodegenerative conditions. It's known as palliative care. Palliative care is a medical specialty that focuses on quality of life for patients experiencing serious illness. And later, a special opportunity to hear from a patient who's receiving it. We know this time around that it's terminal and it just felt like it was the right time. We might need a little extra support. We needed it now, for sure. Discover the benefits and blessings of palliative care inside this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Welcome to CTSI Discovery Radio. I'm your host, Brian Belmer. CTSI Discovery Radio is brought to you by the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin. The CTSI is a consortium of researchers, doctors, scientists, and others representing eight institutions, including the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering, Marquette University, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Children's Wisconsin, Freighter Hospital, Versity Blood Center of Wisconsin, and the Zablocki VA Medical Center. The CTSI works collaboratively across all of our member institutions. Our mission is advancing health through research and discovery. When someone suffers from severe or complex symptoms due to a serious, life-limiting, or terminal condition, their primary care doctor oversees treatment, but oftentimes is unable to single-handedly address all of that patient's needs. Pain management support, emotional support, social support, or other side effects and factors that can impact a patient's quality of life. That's where palliative care comes in. Perhaps you've heard of it, but are unsure exactly what it is. Or maybe you've never heard of it at all. In either case, it's the focus of today's show. Dr. Wendy Peltier is an associate professor, Department of Medicine, Division of Geriatric and Palliative Medicine at the Medical College of Wisconsin and a key member of the palliative care program at Freighter Hospital. We spoke with her recently to gain her insights about this emerging and important area of health care. Palliative care is a medical specialty that focuses on quality of life for patients experiencing serious illness to provide support, help in managing symptoms, and guidance when navigating difficult decisions. Who is typically receiving palliative care? What diseases or conditions are these patients most commonly battling when entering into it? We use the term serious or terminal illness to outline which patients and families can most benefit from palliative care. And most of those patients come from one specific area of health care. In our community, palliative care is most closely linked with cancer care. And that's kind of how evidence about the benefits of palliative care have come out in the literature and where models of integrating cancer care and palliative care are most 
clear. But there are many other areas where palliative care needs exist. Patients, for example, with heart failure, with end-stage lung disease, kidney disease, and even in patients who have experienced brain injury or neurodegenerative conditions like Lou Gehrig's disease or ALS. There's emerging evidence that having palliative care specialists involved can be highly beneficial. Can palliative care be provided for any patients of any age or at any stage of the patient's illness? Yes, and much of the work happening right now, looking at what is the right time for a palliative care consult within a patient's journey, Involving us earlier and earlier is becoming the trend. But it's a more recent trend. In past years, when there was little knowledge about the benefits of palliative care, there was a natural tendency for providers not to send us patients until they felt absolutely sure that they were dying or competent time was measured in days or weeks. Today, Dr. Peltier says there's better understanding that patients that are facing terminal illness with an uncertain prognosis, the earlier we are involved, the better. She says there's two main reasons why. One, it gives our team a chance to really get to know patients and their families and their unique needs, establish rapport and dispel myths about what our services can provide. And second, it allows us to be more helpful when it comes to facing difficult decisions or having difficult conversations with extended family and friends when someone is facing a limited prognosis. Next, Dr. Peltier explains that the main focus of palliative care is providing relief. In fact, it's what the term palliative means. There's always so much confusion about the term palliative and the name of our discipline, palliative care, and the literal meaning of that word is to palliate or to provide relief. But provide relief in what ways? The focus of palliative care is looking at how best to manage the complications of having a serious illness. And this focus is actually on treating the patient in the context of their family unit, their community, and their culture. Practical support and what we call anticipatory guidance, the look ahead of what might be coming with their condition and how best to prepare. Palliative care is a multidisciplinary team care approach. So who are typical people on a patient's care team? Our team approach includes doctors, nurses who have specialty training in palliative care, a dedicated chaplain, a dedicated psychologist, and additional supportive services, which include child life counselors and social workers. After beginning her medical career as a neurologist, she says this team approach is refreshing. She gives an example. Coming to palliative care, I have never had that benefit of working shoulder to shoulder with a chaplain. For many people, it's not what they're hearing from their doctor. It's what's important for them in their spirituality. And so to be able to have a way to open the door for discussions around that is really important. So that's where the focus is very holistic to address having a serious or terminal illness. And she realized early on in her palliative training that caring for patients and their families is so needed. I just kept thinking, well, 
why should someone have to be dying to get this kind of care? You know, why should we wait till someone's dying till we really think deliberately about how their family may be coping or how their kids may be doing? This makes palliative care so rewarding because you can link to all these different resources. And it's not about fixing things, but it's about walking along with patients and families and having them really being cared for. For the patients themselves, does palliative care take place instead of or in addition to regular care for their disease? Palliative care is a consultative service. You can receive palliative care in addition to any other care you might be receiving for your illness. And so it's really important to understand that a palliative care consult doesn't mean giving up your cancer doctor or giving up your cardiologist. It's really an extra layer of support or an added benefit. And it's a partnership that adds a layer of support for the patient's primary caregivers as well. I like to see it as a partnership where palliative care frees up the oncologist or the cardiologist to just have a laser focus on what they're doing for the specific problem without having to feel that they're taking everything else on within a 15 or 30 minute visit. Obviously, all doctors are concerned about reducing a patient's suffering and improving their quality of life. But what makes palliative care doctors different are training and disposition. She breaks it down. First, specialized training on top of another medical specialty. I am a neurologist by training, but I have certification in palliative care through the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology. On our palliative care team at Freighter, we have doctors that have emergency medicine background, surgeon by background. We have a dual appointment in anesthesia in palliative care. This illustrates that you can be certified in palliative medicine from almost any medical specialty. And in addition, some special human qualities. It tends to attract people that view this as a calling in addition to a medical career. You have a strong passion for end-of-life care. You come to your practice with a certain disposition. Dr. Peltier shares her own experience in coming to palliative care. I was dealing with a lot of end-of-life issues. It was natural for me to communicate and connect and support families facing end-of-life. And when I started my palliative medicine training, I was with kindred spirits, people that had the same calling to do this work. And while working in end-of-life care can be challenging, she says it's infinitely rewarding. A lot of people on the surface view end-of-life care as very difficult, and it is challenging at times, and it can take an emotional toll. But personally and professionally, palliative care work has made me a better human. When I'm walking along with patients and families, I feel I can ease their burdens, and I can be witness to sacred moments that we try to enable for our patients and families when time is short. So it happens to be very joyful and inspiring work. But for all of the wonderful things palliative care is, it's very important to understand what it isn't. Specifically, it's not the same as hospice care. This is often an area of confusion, not just for patients and families, but also for referring providers. Hospice is both a philosophy of care based on comfort, quality of life, family support, but it's also an insurance benefit that 
you enroll in. And that's how it differs from palliative care. So when someone is ready to focus on comfort and they have a terminal illness, in order to receive hospice care, they have to be eligible for that care and they have to enroll in hospice care. Palliative care and hospice care have other distinguishing differences as well. Palliative care is a medical specialty, a consultative service that doesn't require special insurance. And I always tell people you don't have to be dying to receive palliative care. And like hospice, it is multidisciplinary, but the focus is more on symptom management, support and decision-making, family support, than necessarily focus on just comfort. But remember that both have an equal and valuable place in health care. So many times we see that for patients and families, the hospice may be a four-letter word. And so there tends to be a lot of negative connotation around hospice care. For someone who understands the purpose and benefits and goals of hospice, they're often very eager to also receive palliative care. But I would say most of the patients and families we see don't completely understand that distinction. So how does a patient know if or when palliative care is right for them? Dr. Peltier says, in her experience, Oftentimes they don't. This is one of the major barriers to palliative care is that there's a misunderstanding of what it is. There's an assumption that palliative care is the same as hospice. And many people are not aware of when they need or could benefit from palliative care. Which is why palliative care typically begins with a session to explain what it is to the patient. What we run into most commonly is that the first part of our consult is always explaining exactly who we are and what we do and how our care is not the same as hospice care. So really that's where in promoting the field and looking at these integrated models where palliative care support comes very early from the diagnosis of a terminal illness, I think we'll be able to normalize why this is important. But clearly we're not there yet. That first consult may begin a bit rough. A lot of people and their families that come to that first visit are very nervous, very apprehensive, and they're very worried that there's something that they don't know. So it's not your typical consult. Usually we spend the first part of the visit assessing someone's understanding of palliative care, what it is, and also their understanding of their disease. With the initial awkwardness out of the way, a patient's palliative care takes on other important focuses, including discussing prognosis, anticipatory guidance, looking at different scenarios that could happen down the line. Those are all challenging things to talk about. Challenging because it can involve things that a patient's apprehensive to talk about with their primary doctor. Often people are afraid to bring those things up to their provider. I think this is particularly true in cancer care because we know the relationship between patients and their oncologist is a tight bond. So often that actually creates a barrier to discussion about alternatives for treatment and worries about prognosis. Another challenge is some patients feel accepting palliative care could be perceived as giving up. There is a battle analogy against cancer. This over the years has had many benefits 
in the sense of awareness that cancer patients are going through difficult treatment, they have to fight. Sadly, the ripple effect of that analogy is that when their cancer becomes terminal and they stop treatment, there's that negative impact of being a loser in a battle. And this can be very, very difficult for patients and families. Fortunately, she and others have specialized training to have these critical conversations with patients. We get a lot of training in how to have a language and a framework for discussing these trade-offs to be sure that we're understanding what the patient's hopes are, but we're also sharing our worries if those hopes may not be realistic. But it's all in the interest of being real and transparent with a patient, not to take away hope. It's a misconception that honest discussion eliminates hope. I think it transforms hope. Hope is part of the human experience and has many aspects that are not medical. They're mostly spiritual. So we elicit what's most important to them and getting to know them and understanding the dynamics of their family and their spiritual and cultural preferences allows us to navigate those discussions in a more meaningful way. Palliative care is a relatively newer discipline one that was pioneered right here in our community. At the medical college, we are so lucky to have had Dr. David Weissman as the founder of our palliative care program, which was over 20 years ago. So Dr. Weissman was one of the pioneers of the entire field of palliative medicine. And as an oncologist, he saw this gap, the need for this type of discipline. What is it that she enjoys most about her work in palliative care? One of my main passions about being a doctor is medical education. That is actually what led me to palliative care training. I saw the gap, but also I saw the importance of what we can do as a field in helping future doctors understand these concepts and build these skills to provide primary palliative care to their patients. For anyone needing palliative care, Dr. Peltier says embrace it, just as one embraces life itself. The mantra that I use is what's most important today, knowing how fragile life is and that a long life is not necessarily guaranteed. That mantra really leads to healthier living, being in the moment, being present, and taking advantage of doing things that are important to you and not putting them off. Because, after all, palliative care focuses on living, not on dying. Battling a terminal illness requires an inordinate amount of strength, courage, and the will to continue living life to its fullest in the face of adversity. Palliative care is designed to come alongside patients and support them in this. And today, we have the unique opportunity of having one share her experience with us. Let's meet her now. My name is Marla. I live in Germantown. I've been married to Greg for 30 years. We have two adult children who are actually both deaf, and we have two grandchildren. A great family which she needs now more than ever for love and support. Lately it's been rough because of some side effects. Days are rough physically, emotionally. Emotions are all over the place. 
and I just don't feel as strong as I did three months ago. Creating challenges that are taking a toll. I don't do much. I've had to quit work, which stinks. I do a lot of cleaning, a lot of reading. I take care of me. I'd have to say it's pretty boring. <laughs> Yet despite all that she's facing, Marla describes her life today as... Blessed. Not necessarily what you might expect, but she explains how she is blessed. Without this diagnosis, I would not probably see the support that I have. I wouldn't have known the essence of what life really is like. I mean, it just makes you focus on things a little differently. A shift in focus that happened very abruptly. June 5th, 2020, I was diagnosed with stage 4 colorectal cancer that metastasized to my liver. Marla began treatment, which she appeared to be responding to. And then... We spent seven weeks thinking that we were cancer-free, only to find out it had come back much sooner than we thought, and it's still stage 4, but it's advanced to terminal. It's in my bones, my spine... Female organs, lungs, it's everywhere. With her cancer already at stage four at the time of diagnosis, what were her symptoms? Nothing out of the ordinary. Over the years, I've had IBS issues that were fairly minor. And then what brought me in was intense side pain that ran up through my shoulder. And they did a CT scan and they found the liver tumors first. And then follow-up colonoscopy found a mass that was blocking 60% of my rectum. No real symptoms, I mean, other than the pain. Unfortunate timing has also played a role in delaying her diagnosis. COVID prevented me from getting my 50-year-old colonoscopy, and so that was postponed. I turned 50 in August. My physical was in December. My colonoscopy was scheduled for March, and they pushed it back to the end of July. And then May and June is when I started having the pain, and that's when we found everything. Once diagnosed, Marla began aggressive treatment and multiple surgeries. We started out with four months of chemo, a short course of radiation, a surgery that removed part of my left liver lobe and removed the colorectal tumor, and I had a temporary ileostomy for 12 weeks. During that time, I also had a Y90 procedure, which is a direct targeted therapy to the right liver lobe. After the Y90, we did another surgery to remove that right liver lobe and reverse the ileostomy. And the only available treatment for me right now is chemo. Despite going through all of that, the focus has now changed. Going in the first time around, we were going for a curative aspect, remove everything. Nobody expected it to come back like this. It is advanced to terminal. Considering her condition, what's her biggest day-to-day -day challenge? She says being a wife, mother, and grandmother, it's... Putting me and my health first. Really taking care of me and focusing on, you know, my stress level, my personal health has been the biggest challenge. With everything Marla is facing, palliative care came into her life at the right time, just as it's intended. My colorectal surgeon did a one-year follow-up with me, and she actually was the one who recommended it and sent the referral up. I'm fairly new to it, but they've been extremely helpful to this point. How was palliative care presented to her and for her. That it's another layer of support and guidance for you through the cancer journey. They act as a liaison between your medical team and them, and that's kind of their goal is to make sure that the doctors are covering you medically, but they get to cover you as a whole being. Was she on board right away? Absolutely. Right now is the right time for me, 
for my family, for sure. I mean, there's some denial going on, so they've been extremely helpful in setting up counselors and getting information as far as books to share with the grandkids. So yeah, it's definitely the right time. While she's new to palliative care, Marla says it's already a valuable facet of her overall care. I don't see anything but a benefit. They listen to you, they can help with issues, they can get in touch with your doctors if you're having issues with the medication side of it. I don't see any negative, they're there to help you. And in caring for her family as well. My biggest concern has been my grandchildren. And everything that they offer here, counseling services, it's all complimentary. I mean, it's free, why wouldn't you use it? And they look at you as the patient, but they know that you have a family. And so they're looking at the whole picture where sometimes you as the person undergoing the treatment may overlook stuff and they got it covered. I'm impressed. She also appreciates that they listen to the quality of life she wants. They are completely on board with living life to the fullest every day. Through my second diagnosis, I want to live life. And if that means postponing chemo for a week, everybody's on board backing that, yes, if you postpone it for a week, it's not going to hurt you. Go and live life. Enjoy what you have. With the team approach of palliative care, who's been on her care team early on? So far, I've met with Dr. Peltier and her nurse and she's made the contacts with the Counseling Services and the Child Life Resource Center, so she's heading all of that. They've been in contact with my oncology team, making sure that we now have a gatekeeper of all of my care. Steps to ensure Marla's medical, emotional, and social support are met. All of them, and they didn't waste any time. Once I met with Dr. Peltier, she got the ball rolling, and it's just been a really smooth process. I'm just extremely grateful. And so far, it's working, as planned, as promised. I feel that since palliative care has gotten on board, things are definitely better and more mainstreamed, and we now have a better plan. Everybody knows their role now. Marla is continuing her regular medical treatment while she receives palliative care, too. This is my fourth treatment going into this round of cancer. We're continuing treatment. I have scans coming up. So that's going to kind of determine, is it working? Is it not working? What do we continue? What do we change? There's not a lot of options for me. But yes, plan on continuing for sure. As far as where her palliative care takes place, it's a combination. They've been really good about keeping open conversations, making sure that it's convenient and that I'm okay with travel to the hospital. Or do we do it at home? So for me personally, I can do it virtually, but when we get the whole family together, we will be coming into the hospital. So it's a combination of both and what's convenient. Considering it's elective, what made Marla decide that palliative care was right for her? We know this time around that it's not curative. We're advanced to terminal, and it just felt like it was the right time. We might need a little extra support. We needed it now, for sure. Is she concerned people might think she's giving up? No, I'm not giving up. Palliative care is helping you understand your disease, the progression of it, but I don't in any way, shape, or form think it's giving up. It helps having palliative care team members that feel the same like Dr. Wendy Peltier. Dr. Peltier is such a calming voice and a calming person that makes you feel at ease and comfortable with your decisions. She shares her input and there's a calming piece to her that makes you feel extremely comfortable. What made Marla want to share her experience with us? I've been an open book since I was diagnosed and if one person goes and gets a colonoscopy, 
If one person finds support from palliative care, it's all worth it. Then my job is done. So for someone needing palliative care... Embrace what they're offering. Try it out. If you don't feel it's for you, you don't have to accept it. But at least see if it does help you. It's been completely invaluable to me. Leading her to describe her life with palliative care as... Optimistic. The support is invaluable. And they give you hope. More hope than you may have without them. And Marla's hope? They find a cure for cancer. Want anybody else to go through what cancer patients go through? So a cure. I mean, I would really, really hope that at some point in a kid's lifetime they find a cure for cancer. We hope so too, Marla. We hope so too. And it's on that hopeful note that we wrap up this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Our sincere thanks to today's guests, Dr. Wendy Peltier, and a special thanks to Marla for her bravery and transparency in sharing her palliative care experience with us. I hope you've discovered something by listening to today's show, and I'm doubly hopeful that you'll join us again next time. CTSI Discovery Radio airs the third Friday of every month. So make an appointment on your calendar and join us for each episode. On behalf of the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin and all of our affiliate partners and members, I'm Brian Belmer, wishing you happier, healthier days ahead. For more information about research or to listen to the podcast of this or any of our shows on demand, please visit our website at ctsi.mcw.edu. CTSI Discovery Radio is written, produced, and hosted by Brian Belmer in collaboration with WMSE Radio. The CTSI and this program are under the direction of Dr. Reza Shakir.